wow, there's just so much fresh going on inside. I, I just want to say, um, I may be more clear than I've ever been before, that the very core, the heartbeat of our salvation, of our life we experience, is found in our union with Jesus. He's the beginning and he's the end. And uh, I, I just, there is no, it was shaking me this morning, there is no greater hope that anyone can find than the person of Jesus Christ. And there are people who don't know his life, they don't know him. And so today, um, I just, I want to read through a passage um, that the Lord, I believe, put on my heart this morning while I was worshiping. And then I just want to break it down in kind of a, a very simple way, but a very profound way, I believe, for uh, what, what I needed. I don't know about you, but I came this morning needing to be filled, needing to be touched, needing to be stirred. And what I read, what I studied, it just, it just kept building me up more and more. So I, I hope it'll have the same effect on you. And if it doesn't, then come up for prayer, and we'll pray for that. So... Um, the passage, I'm going to read a bit of a larger section and then break it down. Um, Ephesians chapter 2. I even love the heading, Made Alive in Christ. We, we have been, I know, I know. We've been made, guys, it doesn't say you were made alive. It doesn't say you will be made alive. It says you are made alive in Christ, right in the here and now. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. As I was reading this, like, well, that's kind of a negative way to start. Wait a minute. We need to remember where we came from, what we've been saved from. We need to not take for granted the life that has been so graciously given to all of, all of our lives could have gone down a whole different trail. I know mine was going down that way. Oh, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them... We too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. I don't want to pass over that. I, I know who I was. I know where I was going. I know what my potential was. It's, I, I've taken for granted now a walk of 40 years or so with the Lord and what he has saved me from. I should eternally and will eternally be grateful for. But I think this passage is not, oh, there are terrible people out there. What, without being made alive in him, all they know is their own desires, the lust of their own flesh. I, there's not even any There's What a hopeless world it is without Jesus. You know, what is the point? Where is it going? What is it all about? How? You know, we've been set on fire by Joel, and, or Joel, by um, Jeff and Carrie Sue and J 
Jeff is recovering from his surgery for his back, so he's in a bit of pain, and we can pray for him for that, but uh, he has a heart for the lost that has just stirred me again. And I had a, a thought this week, guys, an encounter with like, wait a minute, when I'm out on the streets, and we're knocking on doors, or Lori and I are trying to have an encounter with somebody and get to know who they are, is my heart, am I fully convinced that knowing Jesus is the best possible thing for that person? If I am absolutely convinced, then I'm going to have compassion for the lost person in front of me. I'm going to be like, wait, there's light and there's darkness. You know, there's love and there's hate. There's beauty and there's, you know, everything is in, in Christ, right? And so I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to say this, but something shifted in me. It's like, wait, I've got to get the focus on myself. It's really got to be a focus of Jesus being Jesus in their life, in that moment, loving them the way he would love them. And you know what? People know. If you're just trying to do a checklist, if you're just trying to lead a sinner's prayer, if you're just trying to do something so you look good, I'm sorry, but a lot of my heart for other people has been about me, if I'm going to be honest. Whether I feel like I know how to share the gospel or whether I'm doing a good job or my sense of duty or all these false motives, can you imagine if you could just get the purity of heart of saying, Lord, give me your heart for them. Lord, let me just know I'm convinced beyond the shadow. Whether they believe it or not, Jesus, you can turn their life upside down, answer every question, heal and change every problem, work everything together for good. Jesus, only you, I want that for them. Does that make sense? And so I'm, I'm like, God, now change my heart. I don't want to memorize stuff. I want, I want to remember where I came from and to really believe the heart of the gospel, that Jesus is necessary, needed for all of us. So let me continue on. Huh. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. It was his desire that drew you there and raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the age to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. This is the classic verse that, that launched the Protestant church. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. This is the beautiful highlight. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Wow! We have been made alive in him. Are you living that life? Are you allowing that life to radiate out of you? Or does that bring you the hope that he is with us? So when it comes to our union with him, we're going to touch four quick areas. Oh! And I'm telling you, when I focus, I focus too long, too much on myself. I've got to proclaim the gospel, and I've got to be a good worker, a good servant for Jesus, and I've got to move in the power of the Spirit. Now, I'm, I don't know, I'm tired of being in the center. And I want to learn how to really put and keep Jesus right there 
on the throne of my own heart. So we're going to look at four quick things. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. We are like Christ. And we are with Christ. If you want to just meditate on those things, if you want to just ground yourself, the minute you start becoming the center of your own attention, just remember, we're in Him. Our lives have already been lost in the mystery of of being in union with Him. And... What? The last one is, uh, we are with Christ. So the first one, we are in Christ, Ephesians 1.4, he chose us in Christ before the very foundation of the world. During Jesus' life, from his birth all the way to his ascension, God your Father saw you in Christ. The entire plan unfolded so that God could see you in him. And Jesus, while he was on the earth, obeyed that plan perfectly from beginning to end. 1 Corinthians 1.28 says, and the base things of the world and the despised things God has chosen. Hey, we're all qualified. You know, not many wise, not many strong, all of that. The things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God? Now get this. In Christ, we are in righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So that it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So you being in Christ means you've been given those three areas. Don't take it for granted. Your righteousness, your purity, your change of heart, being made alive in him means that he took out your old heart that was focused on the flesh and he actually gave you his very beating heart, his nature, his righteousness as God sees him. The gift of our salvation is the righteousness of Christ in us. Anybody able to still be a happy sinner if you really know Christ? You know something is off. The minute you start doing that unloving, self-absorbed, reckless, deceitful thing, it's like this warning goes off inside of you if you are in Christ, right? Because that nature now has all been shifted. And not only is his righteousness, but the sanctification being set apart. Now your life is an, an instrument in God's hand. It's a, you become holy in God's sight for his purposes. To, I, I love that verse um, about where his craft workmanship. The word in Greek is actually poinima, and it means we're a poem. It's where we get the word poem in English. God is writing a love song, a poem out through your life, through your circumstances that reflect his goodness and his kindness. It's so beautiful. And there are good works that he's already established for us to do, not because we have to, but because our hearts are transformed. It's not about behavior. It's not about, okay, I'm going to try so hard to do the right things. No, because of the transformation of our hearts and Christ in us, our hearts begin to desire the very nature of God, and we become set apart, sanctified for him. But then redemption, we find all of this at, when we are in Christ. What you know what redemption is? You're now found with the right value. You're now 
who you were designed to be, intended to be. You, when you redeem something, a price is paid and it gets put back into its rightful position, its rightful standing, you know? And God has done that through Christ. So all of that just begins to focus on the fact that, okay, we are in Christ, we're found in Him, we're seated in Him, we're in those heavenly places. Uh, and then we move on to the next thing, Christ is in us. Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ, so it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives where? In me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is, I would say, the primary factor of whether you're a Christian or you're not. If you don't realize that you have Christ living in you, then you can't possibly live out of that place where he is abiding in you. Is that right? So um, Romans 8.10 says, If Christ is in you, through the, uh, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who dwells in you. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I really, I don't want to just rush through these things, but um, as I reflected on them and as I encourage you to reflect, okay, what does it mean for you that you're in Christ and Christ is in you? I tell you, as you meditate on that, something begins to grow and to expand. Your focus shifts. You begin to realize who Jesus is and what his purposes are. And it makes it easier for me to perspire and then for me to wipe that off when Lori gives me this. Ho! Uh, oh. Actually, I should give honor where honor is due. Um, a lot of this was uh, carefully lifted from Wayne Grudem and his book, Systematic Theology. And when I tried to talk with theology with Lori, you know, often her eyes will glaze over. And, uh, and I understand that, but a right understanding of who God is, of how he's revealed himself, and, and a, a deepening focus on the, the bedrock of the nature of God is essential for us to really have confidence and boldness even in our faith. And so, um, you know, I know what's burning in my heart and I, and I don't want theology to take us off of that place because my expectation level is profound. And this is the simple proclamation of the gospel. Ho! Oh, and I'm, I'm delighting and expecting to see more and more and more than I've ever seen before in my life. You know what I love when the Holy Spirit is present, like he is right now? I love the fact that there is a release of joy. You know, I have seen over and over again, lately especially, these, I call them spontaneous eruptions of joy, where God is revealing himself to me or to several people, and he, he's so good, it's so profound, you're so moved, that the only appropriate response is 
joy, is laughter. Man, I, I, want, I, I want to live there. I, I want to continue to expect the unexpected and anything is possible and he is the God of the breakthrough. And so for me, this stirred me up to this point where I know we're gonna see it and I'm gonna leave room for uh, prayer as we're making these proclamations. So we are like Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. That's Paul speaking. So that almost sounds like, okay, is that self-effort? Am I pretending? Is it fake it till you make it? But that isn't what it's really saying. It's like, no, no, realize your nature now is to be just like Jesus. You're in him. He's in you. So let that life that has been given already to you, that is complete and whole and fully you, let it come out, begin to walk in the nature of that. And that's how we know we're maturing because the likeness of Jesus is ever increasing in all of our lives. And every time you touch one more quality attribute, one more of the ways of God in your life, joy is an appropriate response. I mean, when Jesus does something radical, I don't know about you, I, I was wondering, is something wrong with me? Because I'm so grateful for the things I've seen and the things I've done. But the reality is what we've seen in Tokyo and what we've seen in the Dominican Republic and what we've seen in this sanctuary, every time I see something powerful happen, I get hungry. It's like, oh God, it's so good, I want it more. I don't want just a retreat kind of mountaintop experience. I want to look for the miraculous in the mundane moments of my life because he's always there. He's always with us and we can always be like him because he's duplicating, he's replicating his very life inside of us. Wow, what, a, what an amazing gift that we're being made alive in him. There are times I feel like, God, I feel like I'm on the scale. No, I'm moving more toward death right now. But that's when my focus is off. When my focus is on him, then life should be the outcome. When Jesus was speaking to his disciples, he said, the words that I shared with you are spirit, because they came directly from the Holy Spirit. And so that person, every word Jesus spoke, their spirit had a chance to lay hold of, to receive what those words were in spirit. And then he said, my words were spirit and life. Do you know what the fruit of a genuine move of the Spirit is? It always brings life. There's hope. There's gratitude. There's thankfulness. There's, you know, all that life includes and the positive aspects of life, it's all wrapped up in, in his word as he speaks to us and as we receive it that way. So 1 John 2, 5, But whoever keeps his word... In him the love of God is truly perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought to himself, uh, ought himself to walk in the same manner as he, Jesus, walked. So when how oh, we know that his nature is in us, then we should walk in the same manner, in the same attitude, in the same perspective, the same power that Jesus did. It's just part of being a genuine follower. And then lastly, we are with Christ. And this one I've been obsessing on lately, and it means a lot to me, Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. 
So is that true? Right now, when we gather together in his name, when we're focusing on him, how much do we really connect with the reality that he's right here, moving in us and through us and on us, and that each of us is becoming more and more like him in his very nature, in his very word, his very works. And so here he is. Uh, I, again, I love Brother Lawrence. I've memorized it. It's, it's, I keep my heart grounded on the fact that Brother Lawrence said that the presence of God is the focusing of the soul's attention on God, remembering he's always present. So when we begin to realize I'm in the weeds, I'm beginning to get stressed out, I don't know how to respond. If we feel like we've been left alone and have to figure it all out, we're going to strive and struggle and get frustrated. But if we really get grounded in the knowledge that, wait a minute, he is here in my midst. And by the way, Hebrews 13.5, you know this verse, I will never leave you or forsake you. Is that true? Yeah. So it's like, wait, you mean it. You're not just saying it. I leave him. When my mind drifts away and I start grabbing onto control or, you know, reaction or defensiveness, that's not him doing that in me. That's me doing that. And I have forsaken him. But he will always be present, ever ready, when we're gathered together, when we're even alone. But he will never leave or forsake us. And we can draw on that very presence as we focus on that. Oh. Thank you, God. So, I don't know if, if this is stirring you. I, I needed a touch this morning. I really did. And I'm so grateful for everything that Ephesians 2 talks about and uh, the fact that we've been made alive because we know that we're hidden away in Christ. We know Christ is actually abiding and dwelling within us. We know that we're becoming daily even more and more like him because it's our very nature. And we know that whatever we're doing, we can do it with the knowledge that he's come right alongside so I'll wrap up with this, and then I do want to offer those, that times of prayer. Um, how many of you know spiritual warfare is a real thing? You know, the devil would just love to pretend and lie to people that he doesn't even exist. And then you wonder why do these terrible things happen and these mass shootings and why all these impulses and why these random thoughts that are so oppressive to me. Jesus died to set us free, obviously, from all of that. But when it comes to direct spiritual warfare, um, how many of you have been involved in an actual deliverance where you, there was an, a heavy oppression, there was evil, there were voices? Yeah, I mean, so when you're in that manifest presence where evil has, seems to have more authority, more power, um, it's, it's strange, isn't it, that the Word of God doesn't sound relevant Prayer doesn't sound or feel very powerful. And uh, the word of God sounds kind of flat. And worship is hard because the atmosphere is dominated by something other than God. Our jobs are to continue to focus on God's presence, right? 
And so I've seen the atmosphere just so radically shift when you worship, when you share the word, when, you know, uh, you know, when you use the tools that we have. But the main, the biggest tool I've ever heard in, in the training I went through was when you're in a spiritual atmosphere like that, if you re- realize, if you remind yourself, wait, Jesus is right here, right now. And when I've even had to deal directly with demonic voices and manifestations, I just like, you know what? I'm going to grab Jesus' hand. He's, the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, the one who's come alongside. So I don't yell. I don't argue. I don't have to worry about any of that. I know the authority I have because the authority I have is right here standing next to me in Jesus. And if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, then you do what he says because you, you can't argue any longer. Amen? So this very idea that he is with us in all we do, it works in spiritual warfare. It works in natural relationships. It works... It, when you're not about yourself, when you realize he's with me, he's in me, and I'm like him, and most of all, I'm holding hands with Jesus right now as I'm talking to my boss, as I'm talking to a sick person, as I'm, whatever you're encountering, that is when your focus is on him and your authority actually comes from him. Amen? So, how? What I want to do is offer, just with this proclamation, with our God, just give us grace to receive the simple truths that we've even talked about today. Just give us the grace to know that before the foundation of the earth, you sent Jesus so that we could be in him. We would be alive through him and found in him. And thank you for awakening our heart to the need for this gospel reality that we need Christ in us. And, and oh, we thank you that we're in, he, in you and you are in us and that we are growing every day to be more like you. But most of all, I pray for the profound realization that as we pray for others, that we are standing in your presence. We are with you in every way, that your promise is true. And Lord, you are going to work every single situation together for good for those who love you. Ho! Ho! Wow. So, um, what we're going to do, I've asked uh, Robin, whoa, and uh, Cheryl, if they would stand over there in that corner. And if you want to get stirred up and hunger, I don't know how those two do it, but I don't think I've ever met anybody on my walk who stays as consistently hungry for God as they do. I pray for them. I worry for them. It's like, you're going to go crazy if you keep seeking God this hard and loving him that hard. But I want to be infected with that, and I appreciate them in my life. So if you're feeling a little cold, then just go on over there. Let them get out the spiritual jumper cables, you know, and and revitalize your love. Oh, I've asked uh, Jeff and Robert if they would stand over there in that corner. And if you need any kind of physical healing, you know, we're here just declaring the life that we have in him and the goodness of Jesus. But we can also expect all of the ways of the kingdom to follow that declaration. And so any kind of healing, um, somebody, if you could stand in proxy even for Jeff, just for the, the final healing of his back pain, that'd be great. So you guys over there. And then um, Lori, if you want to join me, you can, but I'll be down front. And if you want a prophetic word, or the other thing the Lord put on my heart, I believe there's healing today for relationships. 
So if you have a broken relationship, if a, a marriage is in trouble, if a strained relationship with a kid or a neighbor or a boss, um, I believe the Lord wants to give you wisdom and his perspective and his compassion for relational breaks that you may have in your life. And then, by the way, you can ask for any kind of prayer from any of these folks. Uh, you don't have to stay just to that. So if God puts it on your heart, um, then please feel free to approach them. So Cheryl and Robin, why don't you guys go stand over there. I'm going to close with a quick prayer. And uh, Lori, are you good joining me for praying for folks? Okay, so Father, we just thank you so much for sending Jesus. We thank you so much that you've made us alive in you, that every word you speak expands in our hearts and brings newness of life into every area of our lives. And so right now, we just proclaim your, your goodness. We thank you for the good news that we're sons and daughters alive in you, and every day we can come and just know that we can rest in you, that you reside in us, that we are like you, and we do the things that you do. We want to walk in the things, and you said that people who follow after you will do the things that you did, and even greater. So I speak to an even greater generation, God, in this house, that we're going to continue to just see you move in the ways that only you can do. A anything is possible when you're present in the room. And Lord, we thank you that right now, as even we're seeking prayer and receiving prayer, that you're with us in all of these things, never leaving us or forsaking us, and you've given us all authority because all authority has been given to you. So we pray all of this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you all. So uh, Lori and I will be down front, maybe close to the air conditioner. Have a, have a wonderful Sunday.